0: family is all that lives in sight and sound, touch and taste. Live, come on, be human and give, give, give. (laughs) The Woodstock Roundtable welcomes you to be
1: a part of being human. Aho! Hi there. It's a whole different gang today, not quite different, but this is Victoria Sullivan. Doug Grunther, our fearless host, is in Florida. And happily joining me in hosting is Ron Van Warmer, a wonderful DJ on the program. And he has brought in the fabulous Hester Mundus, comedian and uh, general woman about town. And on the show, besides our usual chit-chat and music, we're having a guest today, Gary Miller, who's a photojournalist with about 40 years of experience in the news media with many interesting organizations. And Gary is going to help us celebrate Women's History Month because he's been looking into some of the great women photojournalists, but also other innovative women of the 20th century, and he has some ideas on the concept of strong women, strong storytellers. Now, another thing I'd like to say at the start of the show is today is the 15th of March, which is known as the Ides of March on the Roman calendar. And you might say, well, what what does that mean? It was apparently a significant day spiritually and in other ways for the Romans. And one of the things you do on the Ides of March is you pay your debts, which I kind of like because it may be financial debts, it might be moral debts, who knows, personal debts, emotional debts, and in the year 44 BC, uh, Julius Caesar, against the advice of his wife, Calpurnia, went to the Senate, because a prophet had said, beware the Ides of March, but Caesar being a guy, a real guy's guy, went to the Senate and uh, got uh, assassinated, so beware the Ides of March.
0: Yeah, you got that in just about the way Doug does.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But I didn't say fasten your seatbelts, so You you left that out. (laughs) Oh, I know. I I just totally changed it. Well, that's good. That's all right. We've also got uh, Gus Mancini coming in. Yes, we do. We have Gus Mancini. And Gus and I are going to do some improvisation, Uh, his saxophone, My Spoken Word. And I'm looking forward to that because improvisation is always threatening and frightening (laughs) and and possibly delightful but you do it so well oh thank you and then pat carlin of course is the one who always puts the punctuation on the show at the end because he is our street philosopher i'm sure he'll have a lot to say after today's show (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> he always has a lot to say but yes he so, does
0: and that's always a good and, thing and
1: of course he could put us forward to st patrick's Day, but i'm not going to get oh. into that because oh, no. just a few interesting things about st patrick he wasn't irish right <laughs> and and there were no snakes in ireland so oh. um he did not remove the snakes from what? ireland you mean that was all made up well you know how myth what a goes shock. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Fake news. Fake news. But, oh, there it was. <laughs> so, <laughs> See, back so, then. So we're going <laughs> to ignore it. But one thing we can't ignore, and so I feel compelled to bring it up, is um, COVID-19, otherwise known as the coronavirus. Oh, not here again. Which is not a beer virus. I'm not going to speak about it a lot. Uh-huh. But, I, but I did get interested in the Black Death Oh, thank uh, you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the plague, because oh, uh, oh. the the plague, uh, well, there were a that. number of plagues over time, but I, there was one that was around oh, 1347 or something, and then went on for a long time, coming out of no surprise. Bring out your China. dead. China. Oh, uh, really? <laughs> really? It, it started in China, wow. and it moved. Uh, west, and it took a couple of years to get to Northern Europe. I mean, now, you know, it gets there in two weeks because right. people are flying on airplanes, right. but it literally moved uh, for a couple of years. I think it was like huh. 1347 or something, and by 1349 it had made it to Scandinavia. But in between, and things like Genovese um, travelers, traders brought it from China, oh. you know, because there was that early China trade. And it went through. So
2: you give me your
1: women, I give you my plague. What is this? I don't know what they were <laughs> doing back then. They were wrong, and and it would come off and on for hundreds of years, and uh, was of course very frightening. And and at various times, it killed anywhere from twenty five to fifty percent of the population. Right. Whoa. And some historians believe that it was really the end of the middle ages you, you know they said that's the event that stopped the middle ages well how could that be <laughs> well <laughs> it wiped everyone out well the middle Ages also is characterized by certain things one of the things i didn't realize is it was overpopulated in a lot of parts of europe ah. and what happened then is because it was overpopulated Agriculture moved from places where it was really suitable to places where it was really unsuitable because there were populists there, so they would grow things. So they had a lot of people, but they didn't have that good a food supply. Uh And when the plague came and all these people died (laughs) – it kinda of thinned out the population. And it also helped workers in the long run because Especially they, the people that were burying them. I mean, God, that was a day jobs. to be a, jobs. Yeah. Right. Well there there was serfs, you know, oh. who basically didn't get paid or there were peasants who were right. very low on the pecking order. But after those hundreds of years of plagues, workers were more <laughs> desired. There were fewer of sure. them. And agriculture returned to places where it was really well done, but one of the things that happened during that period of a couple hundred years is there were fewer big buildings. In other words, the big, amazing cathedrals were built before that period, the monasteries. So if the high culture of the medieval period was the monasteries and learning and the cathedrals and the great building projects, those kind of petered out during the couple hundred uh-huh. years of the plague. Right. So they had a kind of a fresh start in a way once – the, the plague right. died out after a couple of hundred years in that fierce way because it continued. The the last great plague in England was in 1666 sixty seven, wow. uh-huh. and at that one I think about a quarter of London died.
0: Well, you know, shortly mm-hmm. after World War One, there was a flu exactly pandemic and that it killed huge. more people than the war actually killed. There were something yes. like 50 million people who were killed by this flu epidemic that mm-hmm. came after like
1: 1919, I think, somewhere in that area. Can you tell
2: – who counts all these people? <laughs> I
1: mean, wait, wait, come on. Oh, you know. Well, they, they kept records in, in – certainly in England in the 17th century. They had very complete oh, really? records of population they didn't and all know, kinds of things. they uh, didn't
0: know – they didn't know about washing – <laughs> no, they, they were
1: not good on hygiene, and they didn't really know what carried it. And the, right. most of those plagues were actually carried by fleas mm-hmm. who lived on rats, and the rats and the fleas were both infested. Uh-huh. And they, they didn't know that. They didn't know how to deal with it. Right. Uh, interestingly to me, mm-hmm. the two big plagues, before, plagues, and you know, I'm a little bit of a history buff, before 1666 in England, one was in 1603, and that was the year that Queen Elizabeth died. And oh. she'd been on the throne oh. for about forty-five years, so it's right. an interesting synchronicity. Awesome. And then she was followed by James the First, and the next major plague was in sixteen twenty-five when mm-hmm. he died. Huh. And I think shortly before that final plague, they they had one of those comets—not Halley's comet—but they had a huge oh. comet, and they were frightened. It was in this summer, and the plague came in the fall or the winter. Uh, like, what sure. did it portend? Mm-hmm. So yeah. there was a lot of. Superstition around this kind of thing—I sort of fear with ours now, but I don't—I don't want to stay on this too long. It is kind of a uh, dark oh, topic. Oh boy! And I mean, <laughs> welcome. To Good pressing. morning, everybody. Here it is, <laughs> our Gosh. listeners. But but I hope we don't, you know, get into a lot of scapegoating with this one because that's also historically, oh, yeah. you know, like somebody has to be to blame, right, for these things. And um, well, already
0: mm-hmm. the blame is going this foreign. Virus y- is uh, how it's being described yeah, yeah. by some. Which, let's face it, <laughs> we know it's, it's a world. It's a
1: global thing. <clears throat> you know, it is. Woodstock is going to get their act together because I, I can feel that. I believe that. But it's going to be hard for us to do social distancing because <laughs> we really like to hang out. I right? know. But hey, this uh, too shall pass. Yes. Is,
2: is there anything when they say social dis? Is it six feet? Is there? Is there? A, is there a?
0: You we're, you know, we're breaking it here. I know. I realize that. I think that. not even <laughs>
1: getting together in a room is really what they're saying. But it is like you should stand like three feet away from people. You shouldn't ha- shake hands. You shouldn't hug. Oh, um, it's very hard, you know? Yes. It is because there are people a lot are, of habits to break. We people just, are
2: huggers and people are kissers. and Yeah. It's, yes. it's tough. In fact, people usually more so than they used to do. Everybody's like... It was and, all huggy, and now just when I'm getting the benefit of it, now we can't <laughs> even touch.
1: <laughs> I am so
0: aware of touching my face, and oh, I yeah. do it so often. Yes,
1: we all do. Yeah, it's and that—that that was the first one. That was the one that was. It's absolutely true that you have to wash your hands all the time, and you shouldn't be touching your face. <laughs> On the other hand, it's so hard not to touch your face. Ah. It reminded me, I had a gynecologist years oh, ago. Whoops. And right this while she was in the midst of, you know, like a, a somewhat painful, you know, pushing and shoving and <laughs> instruments and things, Lovely. she would say, relax. You know, <laughs> and I'd say, are you yeah. kidding? You know, yeah. there's a cold speculum yeah. in a place I don't yeah. want it. <laughs> uh, I, had,
0: I had to take a lie detector test once, and they <laughs> told me, Relax. And I had, like, straps around my chest and straps
1: on my fingers and around my wrist. And I'm going, are you kidding? Exactly. And then she would would get mad at me, and she'd say it in an even more fierce voice. And she had this sort of... It sounded like a German accent. It was actually Greek.
2: <laughs> but, you know, it was like kind of a bad movie. <laughs> and, and her she name was, it.
1: you know, Brunhilde, whatever. <laughs> she so had to laps. change her name because she one of those really long Greek names that nobody could get. So oh. she was Paneatopoulos and she became Dr. Panay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> because, she went know, from Greek, Greek to, to French. French. Yeah. No, nobody could say Paneatopoulos <laughs> <laughs> except for me. I, I mastered that and she should have been kinder to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least. Gentle. At Gentle, Well, please. the other big subject. We're, we're okay, okay, we're off the plague. Right. Um, although I, I no, actually am fascinated back. with it. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure it'll come around. But but <laughs> it, Women's History Month. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I think all of my life, I have been a feminist. I, I think I came out, you know, stamping my little feet and saying, well, well, I'm just <laughs> as good as any boy. You yeah. know, what's the problem here? And I was one of sisters, so I didn't have to deal with a brother ah. in the family. Hmm. Um, but I think that. People often don't know just how long women have been trying to get their rights. Oh, my wow. God. You know? Still. And um, Mary Wollstonecraft wrote a, a treatise that was published called A Vindication of the Rights of Women. Huh. And that was published in 1792. Wow! It was right. part of the age of reason. Uh, she wrote a lot of books. She was a very bright woman. Uh, also, unconventional, I think she ran around and had lovers, so you know this bothered people in seventeen ninety two um, they all had lovers
2: all those <laughs> all those women had lovers i mean you, I read in in the history books they there was her husband and her lover and a lover. they had men, you know women, men, they all had them well,
1: well uh, there was no television, in, in that's a bohemian why. <laughs> crowd, they maybe all had them. I think there were a lot of quite judgmental people that oh. were not oh, up yes. for that sort of thing. One of the things she said, and it was really the age of reason, the 18th century, uh, was that she didn't think women were naturally inferior to men because that was the belief in that 1792. Yeah. She said, in in a state of nature, you know, we would both be rational creatures. And she said it was education. That Ah. the absence of education for women, the absence of education opportunities. uh, And she thought that in a rational society, we would all have rights. And I love it that she wanted a rational society. But it's also the period of Jean-Jacques Rousseau, and it's the period of the American Revolution. We hold these truths to be Mm self-evident. I mean, there was an incredible idealism back then. It wasn't
0: that long ago that uh, women would go to college to find a husband. And then drop out of college when they found one.
1: This is true. Right. This is was, true. That was this sort is of a, acceptable. still going in the 1950s. Exactly. But, 50s, you know, women couldn't even get a higher education until <laughs> yeah. the late 19th century. Yeah. They weren't allowed in colleges. And then they right. started building these women's colleges. And uh, then many of the schools mm. didn't go co-ed until the 60s or the right. 70s. So, And it was all very threatening to men. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, we have some wonderful <laughs> quotes here, but I'll introduce it with um, a little bit about uh, the Seneca Falls Convention. Right. The first feminist convention that was held in the United States was, was that in that the Seneca Falls. Was that suffragettes? That was suffragettes. Yes. And it was 1848. Wow. And they held a conference. They got it together in July of, of um, whatever I said, And when did white women get the vote? 1920, <laughs> 1920 yes. <laughs> it took a while.
0: White women, by the way.
1: Black women didn't get the vote in 1920? I'm
0: not sure. I think they did. Do you? Yeah. They didn't get Social Security when it came in.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's true. We'll have to look into this. But anyway, they they had um, 300 people showed up for this conference in Seneca Falls, New York. Mostly Quaker women, but a couple of the well-known, later well-known feminists, they weren't well-known at the time, are Elizabeth Cady Stanton and Lucretia Mott. And I have I some quotes from Elizabeth Caddy Stanton, and Hasdemandus has kindly <laughs> agreed to read a couple of them. Sure. Without my glasses, I'm going to do the—this
2: is the one. Okay. The greatest block today in the way of women's emancipation is the church, the canon law, the Bible, and the priesthood. <laughs> <It was hilarious. laughs> now you know
1: this woman was going to get in trouble. Yeah. Yeah, but, with right with of
2: taking on everybody,
1: but I she know. was so right. Absolutely that the right. The thing that uh, why you know why did patriarchy exist so long? Why were women held down so long? Biblical tradition, right? Priests, wow. The, the, preachers, preachers, was the church, the mm. church. And she said, "Wait, wait, wait."
2: Down. she said, "The more I think of, the more I think on the present condition of women, the more I am, the more am I oppressed." With the reality of their degradation. Right. Wow. Women weren't doing too well back then. This is Well, they couldn't own 20s?
1: property in their right. own Well, they name. were property. They couldn't oh, own property. If their father died and left them something because there were no males in the family, that either belonged to an uncle or their husband mm-hmm. and if they were to leave a marriage at the time and a right. lot of this was discussed at Seneca Falls, they couldn't take their children with them. Oh so the children belonged. But one of the big things they went for was the vote. So they were asking for the vote in eighteen forty eight and there was a big argument. Not all the women agreed with this. Some of them felt though this is pushing too hard. And Frederick Douglass, the great black uh, mm. rights leader was there he was the only black wow. man there and he went into conferences with them and argued and said you guys have to go for the vote and a lot of them did want to anyway yeah. and so they ended up voting to right. vote a proclamation that they wanted the right, vote, to vote. They, he said you have to have the suffrage you're not going to get any power if you can't vote right their rallying qu-
2: rallying cry had to be the right is ours habit we must use it we will i <laughs> that, like that, that. i want that it. on a t-shirt i want that on something yes yeah Not a pillow either. And,
0: and and it still is appropriate and and needed today as so, women could have could control the, you know the vote is theirs to have yes and and to control because there's 51 percent
1: yep yep,
2: <laughs> yep oh come come my <laughs> conservative friend wipe the dew off your spectacles and see that the world is moving Gee, it was yeah, tough that's data. another. Well, look, I that's think, think it was
0: 1974. One. I think it was 74 when uh, women in Switzerland got the vote.
1: <laughs> what? Which, hey, yeah. they only got the right to drive in the last couple of years in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, and that's a questionable. Right there, since some of right the women there. that angled for that are now in prison. Uh-huh. And the others are dead. I mean, come on, you ride on those roads? Come on. Oh, what was that? It's a little device I didn't see.
2: We have to watch out for squirrels. That's, these poor ladies are driving in cars on those roads? Oh.
1: So <laughs> I'm uh, not going. So going back to our childhoods, I was oh, asking okay. uh-huh. you guys before the show uh, who were the women that you admired in the culture at large?
0: Yeah, it's, 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 for me, I mean, my mother was a very strong woman who I admired very much, and I think that that she was a single mother. She raised four boys. We traveled the world, you know. We did things that women didn't do then, right? Even in the you know, 60s and 70s, right? And she did it. And my mother wore pants when she was a kid. She she, she didn't wear dresses. And uh, she was just really uh, uh, quite liberated. When when women, when the the, uh, idea of burning your bra came around, Mm -hmm. my mother was like, but I don't have one.
1: (laughs) Well, even as late as the early and mid-60s, there were a lot of places where women had to wear skirts. And I don't just mean business. I mean colleges where Mm -hmm. you could... You could wear slacks upstairs in the dorm, but if you came downstairs to the dining room, you had to wear a skirt.
0: Yeah. Well, all the girls in my oh, yeah. elementary school had to wear skirts yes. or dresses. Yes, we had to
1: wear skirts.
0: Yeah. And uh,
1: that, and you know. I remember when I was a child, really resenting so much of that stuff. I mean, I uh-huh. was, as I say, I was a, a natural feminist, <laughs> and I wanted to play football. I was a very good athlete in grade yeah. school, and I was uh-huh. fast. So I knew if I got that football under my arm, I could run <laughs> wow. the length of the field. But all the little boys got to put on their helmets <laughs> and their pads and everything and play, and we couldn't. And I actually had this ongoing fantasy wow. that I would put on an outfit, stuff my red curls into a helmet, and, you know, you're kind yeah. of sexless until uh-huh. you're 10 or 11 anyway, I mean, in terms of body type. And I figured I could fool them. I, you know, I could run out there. I could catch it. I never thought I could throw it far, but I could, I could kick and I it could did. run and I could catch So I figured I would be... You know the 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 line runner, whatever. Right. Uh, yeah, and, and I would catch wow. the ball and then run down the field, and then when I got through the post, which of course we didn't really have in grade school, but you know it was all <laughs> in my head. Uh-huh. I would whip my helmet off, ah. so my red curls would come falling down, and then people say, "Wow, wow. that was a girl," <laughs> which was <is> totally crazy. <laughs> like, but I swear that was like my major fantasy for about two or three years. Yeah. Well. Was that Newt
2: Rockney? Was the the movie with that? Wasn't it? Ronald, Ronald Reagan, Reagan. yeah, <laughs> like Newt, 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 what a yeah. name! It was a name.
0: Well, you know, and and even today, the uh, the uh, women's uh, soccer league, mm-hmm. they're uh, yeah. still fighting to get equal mm-hmm. pay, right? You know, for doing a job that they do better than the men.
1: And you know, this—I <laughs> don't think we've ever had a female governor in New York. No, I don't think no. so. Now, there are many states that have had female governors and yep. that have them now. Even Texas. I don't think we've right. ever had a female mayor in New York City. No. Nope. And again, there are plenty. So New York State is a real bastion of backwardness. Oh, I didn't know what you were coming at. In, a, in, <laughs> in, in, in a way, <laughs> okay. it is. That's well, is. Know,
0: the United States, let's face it, there hasn't been a woman president. And most, I mean, it seems to me. it, yeah. But they, yeah. England, Israel, Germany. 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 Yes, they've all had women leaders. And
1: I remember it, as a child being very happy that Indira Gandhi yeah. Yeah. became the say. head of India because it was sort of like you were almost like told this couldn't happen, mm-hmm. right? And yep. it was like, well, it did, and and the same with Golda Meir right. in Israel. I I don't know that people recognize how important to children. I mean, they did when. Obama yeah. became president, and they said little black children all over the United States are going to say, "Hey, I yeah. could do that." This kind. is one of our people, and he became president. So I think the same thing is true with with uh, female empowerment. Absolutely,
0: yeah. absolutely. I mean, uh, Elizabeth Warren uh, has has said to the, one of the saddest things is when she tells young uh, girls, they, they, you, they, "You can be president," and then and, and then she, she had to out. drop out, and yeah. she said that. I felt so bad disappointing all these young girls that, that believed me and now see that it is two old white men. (laughs) Well,
1: you know, the other thing is I was always looking for heroines, I think. And Amelia Earhart was one of them. Yeah, Uh, Just because she looked so great in that helmet, that 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 she flew in and that she flew airplanes. hairstyle. That she hopped in them, you know, by herself and flew off into the great beyond. Yeah. And, you Uh, know, Catherine Hepburn was
0: another one. Another woman mm. that I admired, mm-hmm. uh, that I thought was just pretty amazing.
1: Right, she was known to be independent. Yes. That always was appealing to me—the yes, independent woman, the risk taker. But there weren't that many on the public scene that you could. I am just link thinking. I am the anti-feminist. I
2: mean, I'm not against them, <laughs> but I grew up that way. I mean, everybody else you wanted to be like you know, everything with the boys. I just wanted to be. I I didn't mind hanging out with guys, but. I, I'm, I'm
1: really awful at sports, so I was so happy I was a girl. I mean, if right. I was a guy, I would be sports. Sports are really uh, not only male dominated, but I one of the things I liked about sports was that you got to hang out with the guys. Uh-huh. <laughs> but even from a young age, but not yeah. so much from a young age, thinking, oh, you know, no, like I romantically, the, no. but just I liked that yeah. attitude of Me boys, too. and the that attitude it. that was expected from girls was like. Totally I wanted to be opposite one of the boys of but
2: kind of the one they high believer in the clubhouse <laughs> or something but no I like I like marching with them and knowing what they talked about I like to be in on the in they were my in crowd I wasn't thinking romance or anything right. like
1: that but the fact that the powers in the country were so clearly male up until the last 10 or 15 years, you know, when you looked at the Supreme Court, when you looked at the Congress, when you looked at the presidency, when you looked at CEOs. And that was very hard on girls. I mean, a lot of them may not have been conscious of it, Uh but how are you going to go after something that there seems to be no model for? It was interesting when I first started working and I worked
2: at Delacorte and uh, Helen Meyer was was the head of it. She evidently was with Mr. Delacorte. Anyway, she was the head of this whole publishing big, uh, empire. Store, empire it was an empire. And uh, in fact, when I left, she said, "You're giving up your your, your retirement." I wasn't going to stay there till retirement. But um, I always believed that women. When I was starting, and this is the fifth, yeah, early. Yeah. It was a while ago. Not the 1850s. It was the 19 late 50s. the early 60s, I guess. Really six, it was before. So
0: you had women role models in your profession.
2: Yeah, there were a lot. I mean, and and they were quite well known. And I mean, I knew when when the Ms. magazine started. I mean, all those women were my friends. I mean, mm. I was friendly with them on a because they were in publishing and they published. I mean, Letty and and Gloria. They were just like out there. And I said, what a cute magazine. I'm. I really was so <laughs> out of this movement, and you I were. still was. I was and, still and wearing padded bras, so I couldn't and, burn and them. And yet you
0: were. Uh, a leader in the industry, yeah. As a woman,
1: I, I never even days. realized that. I never was the humor it. that you did as a woman was it uh, mocking of women or celebrating no. of women or what? No, well, I, I wasn't. I,
2: I wasn't doing stand up when I was that age. Um, my humor was never mocking women. Well, maybe it was. <laughs> 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 Whoops. <laughs> Well, okay, a
1: self-mockery yeah. is—I mean, a self-mockery, self-mockery is, is something that comedians do.
2: Oh, I know. It's called yeah. uh, self—you know—deprecating, and makes everybody else feel good because you're making fun of yourself. <laughs> right. I mean, I always well, do that. Well, you can now. say things
0: about yourself that right. apply to a broader.
2: Right, group but of I also—I'm like I'm the—you know—I I'm the oldest one in the room. Unfortunately, this could be true, <laughs> but I—I I mean, I make fun of age and. Um, I couldn't do that before. I have so much more material now that I get older. It's <laughs> true. I mean, it's true. You really can't do it when you're in the 20s. You can't say. But, uh, uh, yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. But Making now me rethink, now, I, now I can. Of course I
1: can. What you about know? movies? I mean, oh, I was I trying to think about movies where there was someone uh, that I saw that was my heroine. And, and I I have two, and they're kind of crazy. Who are they? One is Dorothy in, in The Wizard of Oz. Oh. Because... She is the, the little driving force in that, that story, yeah. you know, and she gathers those sort of broken <laughs> creatures around her and then she goes to confront the wizard. And, you know, she's pretty brave. She has to have Toto with her to, you know, <laughs> carry on. But, but I think that that story, one of the things that makes it popular with females and those wonderful red shoes is oh, that like she, she's a heroine. Uh, yeah. just like a, a you know the heroes in Dickens novels or something, and then the other one. And I'm not even mm. that fond of this person, but she's always affected me as Scarlett O'Hara and Gone I with the Wind oh, because killed her at the end. She is a an incredible flirt on a very large level, but she's feisty. Oh, she's not going to let that war take her down. No, but she's selfish. She's self centered and mm-hmm. driven. But I guess that feistiness was something that. Appeal to me. I at the end at the end of the book when I read it,
2: I was yelling, "No, no, Rhett, give her another chance! Really, give her another chance. She means it this time. She really means it this time." When he said, no, "You know, forget it. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn," I, I just was like, "No, no, I really." Yeah, but that's the romantic thing that you're having.
1: Oh, okay. It, I mean, I mean, <laughs> thinking very of that cute. too in terms of like folk tales and fairy tales. Oh, right, right. I think that like the Cinderella prince. is oh. a terrible story. Oh, terrible, terrible story, because it's like she's so good. That's already annoys me. Yeah. yeah that. Um, and, you know, our st- stepsisters she are so always, bad. Yeah. And then she gets magically into a pre-gown from her godmother. And then she meets the prince. And then she, and she runs down the steps and she loses her glass slipper. And it's all sort of passivity and having to. Be saved, and I thought, well, you know who I like better is Little Red Riding Hood, because she's out there like trying <laughs> uh-huh. to give the wolf a hard time. Right. You know? I'm like, no, you can't have my goodies. I'm going to my grandmother's. You know. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> well, I'll see you there. <laughs> uh, so it's like I'm glad that there's Little Red Riding Hood to counter Cinderella.
0: Yeah, well, there's you know, you, their princess is is still a popular concept. Right. I mean, the, uh, but there's, but the the princesses today are stronger. Right. Than they they're were
1: changing in it. The and past. Frozen, what's the girl's right. name who's the lead in I, that? Because all the little girls. Love oh her. God! Yeah, I don't know her name. But I only but know the one. But from... they're wisely now realizing that that girls want a little powerful heroine in the middle of their uh-huh. story or need it or. Yeah. Desire it,
0: <laughs> and and yeah. Wonder Woman was one of oh, the biggest uh, uh, grossing films when it came out, uh-huh. and still today is still up there. And nobody thought that people would go see a woman superhero.
1: Well, there weren't Whoa. any for a long time because I remember comics from my right. childhood, and you know it was Batman and Superman. And and, it was Catwoman, and there was Supergirl. Supergirl, Supergirl
2: was, and there's that Mary super. Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 Mary! Wasn't there Mary? It was Captain Marvel. Yeah, Shazam, and that's what he had to say. And he turned into Captain Marvel. You yeah. don't remember Captain?
0: I, yeah, I remember Captain. Marvel. And
2: well, there was Captain Marvel, Mary Marvel, and then there was just like there wasn't super. There was like a
1: little Marvel. All the little Marvels. I but don't that's like Mary that's Marvel. like Leave It to Beaver. I mean, that's okay, like a celebration. What did the Germans say? Kinder Kuka, Kuka. and Kirka. For women, kinder, kinder children, children, kuka, the kitchen, and kirka, the church. That's where oh. women belong in three places, three roles. Yeah, that's interesting. You yeah, get to bear children, <laughs> you get to cook, and you get to go to church. Whoa. Yeah. Thank you very much. Where do they
2: get the children from? There's yeah.
1: something between the
2: church <laughs> and the kitchen. You also have to wear and a and dress. Well, oh, wow. I'm not <laughs> <go there. laughs> yeah. Well, you know. <laughs>
0: what i'm saying and we should probably take a break
2: okay <laughs> I, think
3: we, I think we've worn
1: ourselves out on this and we'll, one. <laughs> we'll let uh,
0: we'll let doug tell us uh, a little bit about uh, some of our wonderful sponsors okay and we are back it is the woodstock roundtable victoria sullivan i'm ron van warmer doug is away this week our guest this uh morning is hester mundus we've got gus coming in in just a moment and victoria What else have we got going on?
1: (laughs) Well, I I thought uh, actually that Doug was going to call up at 7.30ish. Oh. Um, Or maybe you should call him. I think he may be listening in Florida. Because he had some thoughts about the whole thing of the NFL and and some of these other, uh, I guess it's the NBA, the NBA and the baseball season and sort of some of the effects, the amazing effects of this Pandemic, we'll call ah, it, yeah. uh, of things ending, stopping, uh, stopping for the moment, but well. stopping for how long? And, and perhaps and if he's Doug listening, that he'll call in. Are very important because I have this feeling like the guy in my life is going to be very depressed ah. if none of these things are. On television. Oh. Uh, and, and I think <laughs> other Americans, I don't think he'll be alone in that feeling.
2: Aren't they having these sporting events with no no? Some of them have fans? just stopped. Yeah, Some of them a lot have of them have just stopped. They're oh, I guess so. How weird to have a football game or, can you imagine the Super Bowl and nobody there? I mean, you couldn't do
1: that. But also you have this thing for years called March Madness, right. which I think is off. The charts, and this uh-huh. is where a lot of young players would get seen and but, would get drafted. I, I mean, know. it's a very, it a big thing. Difficult time for a lot of people. So I, so I think everybody, but Doug knows the number here, right? He does, <laughs> he and
0: he can call in. He's sleeping.
1: Uh, he's out. He
2: said, "Oh, I don't have to get up. <laughs> I'm okay." No. It,
0: maybe he's here. Are you there? I'm here. Uh, hey, uh, Doug. Hey. Good morning.
3: Yeah, I. I thought you were going to call me once again. (laughs) Something (laughs) like that. When I'm on vacation, my entire brain vacates.
0: Ah, well, mine too, apparently. When you're on vacation, my brain vacates as well.
3: (laughs) Anyway, uh, you tuned in a little bit while ago and heard you uh, talking about uh, heroes,
1: Mm -hmm. heroines? Yes. What inspired that conversation? March is Women's History Month, and Uh we were talking about the whole idea of the need for these influences, these figures that are somewhat larger than life that we can look up to, and women haven't had a significant number in the past 2,000 years.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's certainly true, and, you know, um, one of the, I would say, statistics – that I've, that I've learned in the past year that I find most intriguing i I've mentioned this on the air before uh be, because I'm fascinated by the you know the interaction between our human brain and computer brains that's the, that's our future how we how we connect and in that research I learned that psychologists agree pretty much agree that three most effective ways we learn are trial and error right you touch the hot stove once you tend not to touch it again mm mm-hmm games or play and stories mm-hmm. and so i couldn't agree with you more that if the, the important stories throughout human history have primarily been about male heroes that needs to be addressed and i think it has been uh, to some degree i heard dorothy i heard Scarlett ohio any other heroines come up
1: uh, <laughs> well, I, I cited Indira Gandhi just for the fact that she was yeah. the head of a very large country. And, and I happen to have been a fan of Annie Oakley for reasons <laughs> of I don't know what. I, I liked the fringe on her jacket and the fact that she carried a gun. <laughs> I
2: always liked Annie Oakley was, a, was wonderful. I mean, she always stood up to the guys. And, what was the movie? Well, yeah, yeah, can't get a man with a gun, but Annie, <laughs> and <laughs> Annie gun.
1: Oakley. And Mom's Mabley. Oh, look there yeah. you go. <laughs> How about chiquita well, banana? Just
3: going back to Annie Oakley for a moment. The reason that's a great choice is because us baby boomers, growing up in the fifties, uh, the, the the main TV popular TV shows were westerns.
1: Yep, yep. Hi, Doug and right there and here? the Wild West is one, the, the is one of the is one of the, the central American
3: myths. That we live by, both positively and negatively, because of course it's a myth. You know, uh, you know, all the all the good guys are in white, and the black guy, the bad guys wear black. Um, that that's real helpful. Um, and of course, uh, mostly it was guys shooting each other and saving the women folk.
1: Right, and they were um, the sturdy so, pioneer women. They'd be always uh-huh. riding in these Conestoga wagons, and they yeah. had a bunch of kids around them, and you know, like they were. They were good, strong women, but they didn't do anything out in the world. They were really sort of domestic servants.
3: (laughs) And they were given lousy... Outfits. Well, I
1: mean, <laughs> cool gunfighters,
3: man, they had really cool shirts and and scarves, yeah. and the women had these like frumpy dresses. You know, the whole thing just I didn't don't work. think man, fashion
1: man. is the issue, Doug.
3: I think, you know, was who came to mind was Erin Brockovich.
1: Yes, oh, now Ellen. there's a heroine. And you know, um, good contemporary a good heroine who was a real one. I mean, the, the, I thought the
3: movie was excellent. I thought Julie, Robbins, uh, Julie Roberts was great in it. But Erin Brockovich, based on a true story of a woman who literally took on a, a, a huge corporation, and even had to convince her boss, who was the lawyer, she wasn't even a, she wasn't even she hadn't even graduated law school, and she took on this whole industry successfully and saved the lives of thousands of people.
1: Well, you know, moral causes are something where women have played a real role. A lot of the early abolitionists were women, Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. and this was well before they had the vote, but they were abolishing slavery. Uh, So women have taken a moral role, and then you have like um, Florence Nightingale going out onto the battlefields um, during know. the Crimean War. You know, and so we it. just
0: saw Harriet Tubman, the mm-hmm. movie that just came out uh, last year, which is about a black woman who fights slavery and, right. and helps a lot of right. slaves uh, get it, to freedom. How and how about a,
3: lo- a local historic heroine, Sojourner Truth?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. Exactly. Yeah. So women of played some significant roles, but as I said before you were listening in, we've never had a female governor in New York State, and we've never had a female mayor in New York City, and I think that's an abomination. (laughs) (laughs) The time has come. uh,
3: I I mean, yeah, I get the point. (laughs) Obviously, since the women's movement of the 60s, you have... You know, except, you know, exponentially more women in positions of government power um, than you had back then. Um, but I'm I'm just not impressed by politics as a place for heroism. I don't. It just doesn't happen. But it's very visual. Uh, You're right. They're not women, heroic, but they're visually in charge. State. They tend to fall into the same traps that the men do. Mm. Well, that's true. So far, I mean, you know, show, show me. You know, uh, Margaret Thatcher. Uh huh. Uh, Dira, I mean, Indira Gandhi, yes, but she was very warlike. Um, uh, Hillary Clinton. But I'm just talking to, about to leadership. Libya. I'm not I saying mean, the I'm big. I'm saying people. that I, I don't go to politics to look for my heroes
1: <laughs> <laughs> I would like to be able to look to the, the national realm and and see some uh, people who have. Heroic values. I mean, think of someone like Martin Luther King. Now, that's not politics, but I mean, you want someone Nancy who's no. big and and leads a movement and I think changes the, things. I think
0: the the uh, the benefit of having a political woman in power is that it is, as Victoria said, a visual right. of of something that you can uh, aspire to that you know women can yeah. look at and aspire let's do, to let's that.
3: So again. Despite running a horrible campaign, Hillary Clinton won the popular vote rather easily in the last presidential election. So, you know clearly the culture is ready for a woman president. um, And you know, sure, she fought she fought prejudice, um, but the fact is she she by I believe it was over a million votes
0: um, three I think you know
3: won the popular vote.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you're right. We want more. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> but well, that's we, fine, we,
3: too. But let me just switch the subject, because okay. um, the reason, I mean, when I take a vacation, the worst thing I want to do is call it in the show. But um, <laughs> well, this, we, this, this we coronavirus, um, since I came down here last Tuesday, um, things have just gotten so out of control. And things have escalated to such a degree that I just felt it was important that we just at least touch on a few things. Um, And, um, uh, you know, I'm writing uh, uh, writing the whole thing for the Trans Journal. What I I come to is that while this is a serious uh, virus, a serious epidemic, um, the fear factor has gotten out of control. And that's where each of us, you know, can kind of look inward and say, you know, are we going to let fear... Take over our brains or not? Uh, it's easy to happen. Um, I, for, in fact, I'm thinking of the event. I came. I came down here to visit friends, which I do every year, um, but also to do a presentation that was scheduled for North Miami Beach on the 17th. <clears throat> we canceled it because mm. half the people coming had already canceled. Right. Mm. And um, and I'm thinking of coming home early. Uh, not because I wouldn't like, you know, some more time down here, the weather's beautiful, etc. But things have gotten so crazy every day, new things. I mean, whoever, when you cancel Major League Baseball, the mm-hmm. NBA, the NCAA, uh, March Madness, now you're really getting into the culture. And um, I'm hearing that plane, you know, the airlines are starting to restrict the amount of planes on the ground. And I just don't want to be stuck here or having to sit in an airport for twelve <laughs> hours. By the, when they close Italy come between on. now and Thursday, who knows what's going to be going on? Because if you just track the fear level, um, it's gotten out of control. And so, doing a little study, at first you think, well, closing schools makes sense—protect kids by keeping them out of school. According to my research, that's never worked in the past, because unless you quarantine kids when they go home, they're going to interact with other kids anyway. Number two, um, for example, my friend's daughter has a young daughter. They just closed the schools for a couple of weeks in southern Florida. Who's taking care of the kids at home? Well, that's a big issue. Really? Well, and who's feeding you. and, and they, who's, they might be able they can afford it they could find somebody to pay to do it but
0: and, and a, a lot of don't kids don't have
3: much income they can't afford that a lot of they kids to get stay home from work I mean these things you're not put through and the next st- 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 statistic really got me I just found this out this morning um of the yes this is a serious virus but let's get a grip um one statistic which you may have already heard uh i forget how many people now have died of coronavirus um uh so far in the united states it's like a hundred um you know how many americans have died of seasonal flu this year seasonal flu Mm
0: -hmm.
3: close to ten thousand. yeah but they weren't banning everything based on that so it, it, it's, a, it's a question of just getting a perspective, and when it comes to the schools, of the people who have died, the vast majority of them are elderly people who, had who already had health issues. So there should be extra care taken at nursing homes and, and older facilities, but among, among school kids so far... A very very small percentage of the people even uh, are dying from this disease or even getting the disease are young.
0: Right. I think that the purpose is so that the kids don't come home and infect the older people, older people, the grandparents, and so forth. Uh, you know, I think that's the the theory behind it.
1: Also, I think a lot of these closings are not exactly fear. The Mm -hmm. scientists are saying that there's various curves that this thing could take, Mm -hmm. and you want to slow it down, because if everyone got sick at the same time, it would overwhelm the hospital systems. Mm -hmm. So the way you can contain it, and they ended up containing it by draconian methods in China, is this idea of social distancing, that you just can't let people get together in large numbers, or it will pass among them. And you're right that the most at risk, but not just older people with underlying health conditions, anyone who has any kind of immune mm-hmm. problems Thinly. could, anyone who has any kind of lung problems. And there are a lot of people in our population who have autoimmune disease or who have cancer. Or, uh, so it's, I don't think it's just fear. It's, a, it's an attempt mm-hmm. to intervene and, and stop it. Because the other thing is we don't know how to take care of it right now. We can put people on ventilators, et cetera. But this is a totally new strain, unlike the flu, which does kill people, because it's also a, a uh, thing that attacks the lungs. But uh, we don't know really how to deal with this. Well,
3: I just read that the... Um of course, the, the Trump administration has you know slashed budgets for science, and the Centers for Disease Control. When the news first came out of China, uh, we're totally unprepared. Oh uh, yeah, um,
1: and they totally had a lot of the time kids they to out prepare.
3: Were were uh, faulty. Um, the system they set up was inefficient, and states finally said, "We're taking over. Uh, we're not waiting for you to right, fix this." Yeah. And they're doing a much better job of testing. Um, uh, it's, um, you know But it's it's interesting also Just to watch People coming together in unusual ways And with some of the unforeseen consequences I think one of the positive ones uh, I've always been a big proponent Of online education uh-huh. I've had an argument over that you Having been a former professor And knowing how important it is You know, for people being in a class Together and reacting But the fact is that this is going to uh, uh, probably exponentially increase um, online learning, which opens up gateways to a lot of people that uh, can't afford to go to to colleges, et cetera. Well, it's interesting um, because
0: that is exactly what's happening. Because a lot of schools and a lot of colleges are doing now uh, mm-hmm. online teaching because they can't go to the classes. And Correct. and a lot of uh, businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Jesse, our step my stepson in California, he works for Twenty Three and Me, and they are all working at home. Uh, and uh, interestingly, if this were to really work and take off, uh, there would be less need for office space Ooh. because people could actually do their jobs from home, which they are doing, and it's working.
3: And there's another phenomenon going on. Um, among the more progressive corporations who realize the old model of, okay, you hire somebody based on their resume, and then they're there for 20 years. That model's gone. Uh, They're realizing that to be more effective and efficient, when this particular project comes on, it, it makes more sense maybe to hire somebody from Europe or Asia who would be communicating online for two weeks, who has a specialty that would help them with that project, whereas somebody who's hired in a general position may not have that expertise. So you're going to start seeing more and more of this. I think the other just point I want to make because it's one that I think has been a pretty consistent theme on our program, which is um, enjoying food and learning how to, you know, how good food uh, strengthens our immune system. Um, and we know the eating habits of most Americans are pretty, it's pretty horrible. You know, we have a fast food industry. We're so fortunate, and uh, I'm reminded of this every time I leave, that we're so fortunate to live in the, in the Mid-Hudson Valley where we have access to locally made, clean foods. And, um, uh, and just learning, you know, keeping our immune systems strong as naturally as we can uh gives us a good chance i mean obviously i would not be thrilled if i come down with symptoms of flu but I'll at least have the confidence that if you go in with a strong immune system you have a very good chance of of uh, of, of surviving
1: and this is um, true and, uh, the way <laughs> and we're we've glad you're this country, healthy. Uh,
2: social distancing you know a beautiful. virus can take out a lot of people yes well
1: thank you
0: <laughs> listen Um, because it is live radio, uh, our guest has arrived and, and would like to come on and we would like to bring him on. So, uh, we'll do
3: so. I just wanted to, to check in and, and make sure that everyone is, um, you know, finding that balance between being diligent about this coronavirus, which we need to be and taking smart precautions, but not letting fear overtake it and, uh, you know, and, and, and just, Keep as clear head right. as we can. Well, and I think it's to great
0: the to scientists. Really, I think it's great, Doug, that you're you're practicing social distancing.
1: <laughs> you, you got carried away <laughs> yeah. with it. Yeah, really. <clears throat> Come back yeah. to Ulster uh, County. Well, I've been I've been doing that actually for
3: about <laughs> ten years. Um, I find the older I get, <laughs> the less social <laughs> I have become for whatever reasons. But um, uh, anyway, enjoy the show. Um, uh, here's to all the heroines out there, and I uh, look forward to seeing. Seeing you all next week. All right. Great. Thanks, Thanks, Doug. Thanks, Doug. Bye.
0: We're going to take a break. We'll come back with more of the Woodstock Roundtable.